Hello, welcome to this Thursday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Welcome back. We have a really uh, special episode for you guys today. Sheldon Smith of Penguins Twitter will be making his Locked On Penguins debut. He will be on the second and third segments. I figured I'd just do a segment, the first segment alone for you guys. We have some Penguins news to get to before we get into um the next two segments, which will be part of more franchise what-if moments. Sheldon's going to compile his list, and he's going to share his list with you all, and we're just going to have a very fun discussion with it. But as always, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. We still have a code going. You can do promo code locked on. You get $10 off your first order at www.builtbar.com. So please remember that. Um, we did have some a lot, just a lot of Penguins news that happened today. Uh, we will start with the news with Dominic Simone. I'm sure you guys have seen it. Um, even during a quarantine season hiatus, the Penguins still get injury news. Dominic Simone apparently tore his labrum in that game against the Sharks. He went into the boards pretty rough. Um, there was really no update on his status. Even well, a couple weeks later into March, it was just Sullivan. I think just said that you know he was day to day, week to week, and that kind of stuff. But it was officially announced today that Simone will miss the next six to seven months with a torn labrum. He had surgery just a couple of weeks ago. So let's do a little quick math here for a non-math major. That puts him at about November, uh, mid-November, mid-December, um, mid-December being the latest and then mid-November being the earliest for where Simone will come back. So um, who knows if the season will even be starting uh, in mid-November, the next season, of course, not this Current season, that's just, I mean, that, that's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, we, I hate that. I hate seeing that for Dominic Simone. He was having a pretty decent season. I know he um, can't score times. He hits a lot of posts. He drives fans crazy with how he plays. But he is a good player. He's productive in the top six. You can also put him anywhere in the lineup, and he produces, um, even though, of course, he's not um, the, the regular goal scorer that we know that he can be. But still, um, that just absolutely stinks. Um, that he he's out for six to seven months. So best wishes for him on a speedy recovery. We also got some interesting news from Elliot Friedman's um, 31 Thoughts. Um, this comes from today. It was actually just published just before I started recording. And there was, there was some interesting Matt Murray um, news in it. So basically there's this guy. So his na- last name is Fran Cilia. I believe that is how you pronounce it. If I mispronounce that last name, I am so sorry. Apparently, he's worked with Thomas Grice, Connor Hellebach, Justin Schultz. Apparently, this um, person is now working with Matt Murray. Elliot Freeman says they were introduced when he visited Pittsburgh during the season. Um, he writes that he didn't really want to go into what they are doing in much detail. So he asked, will Penguins fans notice a difference when play resumes? So basically, this guy just works with goaltenders and players on fine-tuning their game. He answered yes. In general terms, we've identified some structural deficiencies that weren't allowing him to create... Th- the foundation of stance that he should have a couple of hiccups were affecting his biomechanics. Um, that's that's great news. So um, it's confirmed that Matt Murray is seeing a specialist. Um, it's not it's not a goaltending specialist per se, but more just a specialist for players who are struggling, you know, in any facet of the game. So that's like I said, that is outstanding news. Um, hopefully, we can get the Matt Murray that we all know um, back, especially if the season resumes and we can see if there really is a difference in how he plays. I know some people are going to be like, Oh my God, is he going to give up less goals to the glove side? <laughs> That's just that. Those are my, I will, I will always die on the hill. Those are my, those are honestly much of my favorite people. And it's just, you know, they just don't know that a lot of goals go glove side on most goalies. But, you know, like I said, very, very good news on that front for Matt Murray. We will look to see that. 
Elliot Freeman did have some interesting other stuff in the 31 Thoughts. Apparently, Brad Trelleving, the Flames general manager, said there could be some NHL news coming the next week. They could have a preliminary plan in place to basically announce for like formats for how the season is going to come back. If, if it does, we had Gary Bettman this week say, I'm not at this point even considering canceling the season. So he's pretty hell-bent on saying that the season is going to resume. We also had um, Dave Molinari from DK Pittsburgh Sports today. He talked to Mike Sullivan about who Sullivan is going to put Jake Gensel next to when he returns because it looks like he is going to return when the season resumes. And he said, to be frank, he, he likes Gensel next to Crosby. He doesn't really want him next to Malkin. He wants to keep Rust with Malkin, though. So it looks like, to me, it's probably going to be Jake Gensel next to Sidney Crosby and Connor Sherry. And then probably they can move Jason Zucker down with Evgeny Malkin and Brian Rust because Rust has worked really, really well with Malkin this season before the season went on pause. And then we all know just how good Crosby and uh, Gensel were together. They were just absolutely outstanding. So um, uh, my thoughts on that, you know, I'm not really surprised. It's almost like pick your poison at this point. You know, I I don't really care who they put Gensel with. He was working really, really well with Malkin before the injury went down. For Gensel, I think their, their possession numbers were through the roof. Like there was about 55% or something like that. Their expected goals rate was through the roof. You can almost look at any advanced metric and it was really good. You know, is it better than how Sid is with Sid is with Gensel? Excuse me. Um, not really sure. I'm going to have to look up the numbers on that. But I do know that the underlying numbers for when Gensel and Malkin were together were just absolutely outstanding. They were really, really good. Also in the article, apparently he says there's been some pushback on the 2014 format, though. The, the 2014 format is liked by some teams, but for other teams, basically they said, you know, they don't think it's fair if Montreal and Chicago get in, especially because they don't want to face a fully rested Carey Price. Again, I 100% understand that stance because, you know, Carey Price, when healthy and when rested, is obviously one of the best goaltenders in hockey, though. I also think those teams don't want those two teams in because, frankly, do they even deserve it? Um, if you're asking me, uh, I, re- I really, really don't think they did. Um, just their, their record, just look at the initial standings. Their records, I think, indicate that they really, really did not. But to close this segment out for this day in Penguins history, um, 1995, today, May 14th, Penguins winger Luke Robitaille, baby, scored four and a half minutes into overtime to beat the Washington Capitals in game five of the conference quarterfinals. Um, you know, it, I always, <laughs> it's always so somewhat forgotten to me that Luke Robitaille played for the Penguins. And then, Something happened in 1993 today. You all know that. I'm sure you guys have seen it on Twitter. We are not going to be talking about that because um, it just brings back um, a lot of heartache to me. But um, so with that, you know, it is now time to talk about Built Bar again. They are a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut free flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're very, very soft and easy to chew. Again, as I have said so many times, my favorite uh, flavor is the peanut butter brownies, 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. I think I'm honestly just going to order more of those because they're just so damn good. I don't, I didn't really like too many protein bars going into this, but when I got Built Bar, I really, really enjoyed them and I'm going to keep ordering them, honestly. They're just really, really good. Also, the mint brownie flavor is great. 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of nut carbs. Again, we are having an offer. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so we're back on this episode of Locked on Penguins. And yes, I teased it 
Earlier this week, I teased it again today, uh, we are proud to welcome Sheldon Smith to this episode of Locked on Penguins, his first time appearing on the podcast. Sheldon, how are you today and what are, what are, what are you doing to, that keeps you busy during this time? Hey, uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, as of right now, working from home still, uh, been busy with that and then uh, trying to enjoy some spring while we kind of have it. Took a long time to make its way here in Calgary, but I can't complain now. It's sunny and 20 degrees. So, and uh, yeah, I guess I'm just trying to keep up with some <laughs> some fitness while I can. It's a little bit different right now. So, but I'm, as long as I can get out for some walks or some runs or some bike rides, I can't complain. So, yeah. Yeah, good. That's, that's perfect. Yeah, the weather here has gotten pretty nice too. I think it's supposed to be like 85 here tomorrow. So, um, especially after last weekend, I think it was only like 45 here. So the Virginia weather just comes and goes. Um, it's basically like a new season each day. And um, yeah, I've just basically been playing video games because that's really all I can do at this point. And of course, you know, um, commencement is tomorrow. So that'll be um, a very special time as well. But um, so this week, um, as I to- told you before, it's franchise what if. So this is such a broad Thing. You can really go in so many directions. I know I did some of my own last week, but um, wanted to bring you on for, to talk about your own big franchise. What ifs, uh, Sheldon? Just I'll give give this over to you. What are some of your biggest uh, franchise what if moments for the Penguins? Since because there's there's sure to be a lot of them. Yeah, I've got a few, and I think kind of starting kind of right around my fandom beginning. Um, it's kind of lucky to watch them win two in a row, and then. I think like my first what if would have been uh, what if Volek missed high. Um, I kind of think if <laughs> if they if he misses and the Penguins win, I don't really uh, think that anybody else was going to beat them in '93. I know that Patrick Wall was kind of playing out of his mind that year, um, but I just think the Penguins were just an absolute juggernaut that year. I think that was the year they set the NHL record for most wins in a, in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, like Lemieux was at his like absolute peak. Yager, like you can just go on and on. And I think that that team was just ridiculously stacked. And I just didn't like. I think if Volek if Volek missed, then I don't think. And if Pittsburgh wins, I don't really think that anybody else was kind of challenging them, and they were going to three peat. So. Yeah, that's my first. That's my first big, one. That's yeah, the, that's the big one. Um, it is sad. It is sad to report that today is the anniversary of that goal. Um, <laughs> I know. I saw that. I, yeah, I cannot. I I will forever. I can't watch that. I wasn't even born at that time. But whenever they show it on the TV, I've said this so many times. I turn the channel. I mute it. I just. I can't look at it. It's just because, mm-hmm. like that team. Like you said, that team was so striking. You know, you have like you said Lemieux and Yager, a young Marty Straka. All, yeah, all Samuelson, Tom Barrasso, just Kevin Stevens. The list that that team was just filthy. It was ridiculous, yeah. And like Montreal wasn't even really that good that year either. Like mm-hmm. they just kind of they just kind of got into the playoffs, and Patrick Waugh took them there. Like I I kind of feel like Pittsburgh probably would have had a, had an easy time with them. But I mean, what can you do? You can't win every year. And I think that I think it kind of comes down to Billy Bean's quote again about the playoffs, and that like you know. His goal, his his job is just to get his team to the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then after that, it's just luck. Like, you know, teams have luck, and teams. That's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the playoffs is luck driven. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize that when they analyze playoff series, because you know, yeah. a lot of times teams get lucky. You know, a post, an offsides call. You know, we have the 
like uh, one big what if moment that I never talked about is the Danny Briere situation from 2012. That was so offside that <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, St- Stevie Wonder could have seen that. <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's just, also kind of yeah. part of, on my list as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just uh, I'll never I'll never fully get over that one. Um, what's what's your ne- what's your next one? Uh, my next one was so like it, it kind of felt like after the 93 season they kind of were just in like a middling phase for a long time like i guess you can say the 96 series with the panthers mm-hmm. like if they didn't get trapped to death like it was the same thing like lemieux and yager i think that year they both had 60 some goals yeah like that team was a uh, and like detroit was knocked out in the third round so i mean like they were facing colorado if they beat florida i mean like that would have been a really good series um but I think like even like after that kind of like once that team lost, like then there was then there was kind of like a stagnant period for a long time. And so like I think in that phase there wasn't really a whole lot like for me, like my what ifs in that were like what if they didn't trade like Robert Lang and Marcus Nasland? Mm-hmm. Um, oh. kind of like, you know, like Pittsburgh's always kind of had to, you know, trade some players here and there when they've been financially struggling or they mm-hmm. haven't been winning, you know, you trade players while you can. And, but like the Naslin trade, for example, was like, he wasn't even a star at that point. Like, it was one of the worst so things I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that is, that is, if I had to make like a, a, a Twitter poll for like a, or like a March Madness style bracket for some of the worst trades in Penguins history, I would not be surprised in the slightest of that one because. Yeah. Yeah. You, you say he just wasn't, he wasn't even a star at that point. And then he, of course, comes on, goes on to be just awesome. And, yeah, you're right. They they would have played Colorado in that Cup final, and yep. if I'm if I'm not mistaken, they would have that would have been when Forsberg was there, right? And he's obviously one of my all time yep. favorite players. I grew up I grew up watching him a little bit, especially playing with him in some of the old NHL games, and uh, mm-hmm. he's one of my all time favorite players. And I think Sakic would have been there too. That that would have been a lot. That would have been a series that just so, that would have been so much fun to watch. Yeah, that was. Uh... Like I remember watching that playoff run, and like, the, like, it, and like the the what if can kind of also be tied to like, you can go like for the Avalanche, like you know, what if like Patrick Watt didn't get lit up in Detroit, like mm-hmm. then like because there's no way like otherwise like, you know, maybe they don't trade him to Colorado, and like Colorado, I don't think beats Detroit with like Stefan Fusay and that. So it's just like it's weird, weird things that you kind of like forget to kind of add up in the season, right? But like. That like that was a pretty fun playoff run because like the Avalanche, I think they beat like the Canucks and then the Blackhawks and then the Red Wings and then yeah, and then it, like they got the walk of the Panthers and like it was just like it was so weird because like Pittsburgh was you could probably argue was a better team than the Avalanche mm-hmm. and then and then Colorado goes and walks them in four games like I don't like that was just that was like a Devils kind of thing you know except they yeah. trapped like so much worse I think than the Devils if I. I've gone back and watched it a couple times. It just it looks worse than what the Devils did. Because, you know, I, I can respect the Devils a little bit. Well, no, maybe maybe not. I mean, just a, a little bit. But that like the, with the way the Panthers did it, that's just just borderline awful to watch. It, it's just bad. <laughs> I just know yeah, the, the Devils could at least like counter slash like have some offensive players. Yeah, exactly. Like like Florida, just like all they did was like they just trapped and then that was all they did. Like it was just bad hockey, like into like 
you've got so many good players on the Penguins, like such offensive players, like fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And then they just go up against like watching paint dry. Like it was exactly <laughs> what Panthers wanted to do. So it's almost like Guy Boucher's uh, Senators from 2017. I mean, it, it, they had Eric Pretty Carlson much. at the height of his power. I know Mark mm-hmm. Stone was a superstar in the making, but other than that, you know, on that team, I mean, what, Bob, Bobby Ryan from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I'll never get tired of saying that, by the way. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's just, there just wasn't a lot of star talent there besides, honestly, those two. And the Penguins, I don't know what I would have done if they would have lost that series. That just that was a little too close for my... Um, that was a tough series, yeah. That was a little too yeah. close for comfort, um, Yeah. speaking. Um, but anyways, I'm getting a little off track. Uh, what are some other ones that you came up with? Uh, I guess if I'm going to be keeping an order of moving towards present day, mm-hmm. um, I think kind of like my, another, like, what if is like looking back on it now is what if the pens didn't draft, uh, stall, but they drafted like taser Backstrom. Yeah. Like, like look like, and like stall was great. And I love him. Like, he's a pretty good player, but I mean, like looking back at both like Taze and Backstrom, I think it's pretty easy who you would take now like oh absolutely and the answer answer is not jonathan Taves either yeah (laughs) yeah exactly like and they're both centers they're both like yeah i know like Taze has kind of fallen off but i mean like in his prime when he was like 2010 ish he was a really good player Oh, absolutely. so like i kind of feel like you know if he would have had like a but then it kind of comes down to like contracts and stuff like that too because like you know, I feel like if they could have kept Jordan for, for a little cheaper or something, then, you know, maybe he stays. But I think that he kind of wanted out of the shadow of Crosby Malkin. And maybe that happens with Taze Backstrom, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, but, yeah. I would have I would have picked Backstrom for sure. It was it was good that the stall pick ended up working out because of just how a menace he turned out to be. That 2009 yeah. series, yeah, that was a boy that turned into a man. Because yeah. going up against Zetterberg and Datsuk in the final – and just brushing aside um, his shorthanded goal was that um, Rafalski, yeah, 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 he was so underrated, and he just brushed him aside like it was nothing, and he was just—I mm-hmm. I still miss him a bit to this day. You know, it sucks that it didn't work out, but you know, I know he wanted to go play with his brother, which is of course understandable. But yeah, I mean, imagine if they like they took Backstrom and Stall. Mm-hmm. You know, that that would be. Uh, that would have been awesome to see how Backstrom and Crosby and, and Malkin would have worked. Yeah, Backstrom's incredible. So he would have been, it would have been pretty cool to watch the three of them. But yeah, I mean, at the same time, like it's, you know, if they don't draft Stahl, do they kind of have the same third line that was so big for the Pens during that cover? Like you had Cook and uh, Kennedy and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And like, does, like, do those two mesh well with, say, Backstrom or Taves or something like that as opposed to Stahl? who was kind of more that kind of player at that era of hockey. So yeah, he, it's, was, he was like the big, there's so many, like yeah. so many kind of questions around that, but I think like, you know, just like objectively looking back at it, I think that both players are better. <laughs> so it's oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. like, so yeah, <laughs> he was like the defensive specialist. Uh, well, I know Taves is well known for his two way game. I just, I think stall, you know, he could, he could just do anything. You know, he could, mm-hmm. Tell him to score, he'll go score. Tell him to be a playmaker, he'll go be a playmaker. He'll go play on the penalty kill, which I will still say to this day that most players can do it. You know, he was he was just really good at it. Yeah. And just the way he was able, you know, and then like you said, you know, with Matt Cook when he wasn't being an idiot, 
And mm-hmm. Tyler Kennedy, he had a lot of clutch goals on that run, especially in game six against the Red Wings. Um, that was just that's one of the biggest goals of the uh, the playoff run, if you ask me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. So you continue continuing on. So that's about what. So what are we up to now, Sheldon? Was that two thousand? Well, that was yeah. That was the draft, and then I think like kind of my next would have been like I mean everybody's mentioned. I think everybody talks about the Crosby concussion, and kind of like my thing was like like later on that season in the playoffs, like because they didn't have Malkin either, so they they go into the twenty eleven playoffs with. Like Jordan Stahl is their number one center with like I think it was like James Neal and somebody else in the top line, and like mm-hmm. the East and like outside of like Tim Thomas playing out of his mind that playoff run like I'm not sure anybody really beats a Pittsburgh team with like Crosby and Malkin at their absolute power like they're both in their mm-hmm. prime at that point like I think Washington was. They won the President's Trophy that year. I can't remember. 2010-11? No, they did not. I don't no. So. Uh, Vancouver did. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, we all know what happened yeah. that year with them. <laughs> so, like, you know, that's kind of how I was thinking for that season was, like, if they if they go into playing Tampa in the first round, like, I don't think Tampa really stands a chance against Pittsburgh. Like, oh, yeah, so. Even, even with Guy Boucher's trapping system and um, Dwayne Rollison playing – out of it, he still played. He played out of his mind those last three games. I still can't believe that. Um, that honestly, that game seven honestly got me mad online when I was watching it, just because the Penguins outplayed them the whole game without their top mm-hmm. two centers. And honestly, they outplayed them. I thought that whole series, but um, they kind yeah. of just ran out of gas in a couple of those games. But um, yeah, like you said, you know, I think with Sid, you know, he'd probably be. He has what almost thirteen hundred points. He probably had close to fifteen hundred points by now, or maybe I think so. Yeah, if he didn't miss all that time like you said that's just that's just easily one of the biggest what ifs not of just like this generation of this like last decade but honestly in like the history of the team because of just how Mm -hmm. big it was and how much time he missed and that's right yeah when Malkin blew out his knee it was just basically the the icing on the cake when it was just so like he was he was playing so well that year and then to have that like happen was just so like that was just unfortunate Mm -hmm. yeah and like to, you know, have both of them go down. Like, I feel like even if like one was okay, then they probably still get around in, but to have both, like, it was just like, you knew they, like, even when they were up three, one, you're just kind of like, no, this still doesn't sit right. Like it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel good. Like they just, it just didn't feel right. The whole, the whole series that like Crosby and Malkin weren't there. So yeah, yeah, that was that was the first year that they uh, got Neil and Niskanen in that trade. And that when they were doing, um, they were doing pretty. Good. I think Neil had that overtime winner after Paul Staggerbold basically lost himself. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that call because uh, I think it was Bob Airy that was like, yeah, he hasn't scored yet, and Paul Staggerbold was like, there it is. Um, that was <laughs> from like that's crazy what like crazy angle too. Wasn't it basically like near the goal line? Yeah, he just it like was, it was fired it at the net, literally like, from the boards, from like yeah. forty feet. And that puck goes in, but then he that same thirty nine year old goalie has a shutout in game seven. Uh, just you know, yeah. that, that's goaltending for you. You know, <laughs> yeah. Just it never ceases to amaze me. But um, coming up, uh, for next, or do you have like some of the Flyers series, the Bruins, anything like that? Yeah, I had the, like, yeah, like you mentioned the offside and then also like, oh, you know, what if like Flurry can just like stop a puck? I don't know. Like all he had to do was 
not be like a peewee goaltender for six games. Oh, and it was and like like the that series as well, like, you know, if they win that, they go to face New Jersey. Like, you know, Jersey got to the finals that year and like they got walked by like LA. Like, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Like the East didn't really amount to much for a few years there. Yeah, like, that, was, that was when Jonathan Quick just walked by everyone in the playoffs. I don't think yeah. Claire was there was no one stopping him. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was like that was the height of his power. But no, like you said, you know, for Mark Andre Fleury, if he could have stopped a beach ball, you know, Ilya Burzgalov was really, really bad in that series. He was bad, yeah. He was, he was really, really bad. The Penguins were lighting up the Flyers like it was no tomorrow. I'll still always say that offside. I, I don't know how they missed that in real time. I miss I mm-hmm. wish there was a little mini offside challenge, not the one we have today where it's just a basically a cesspool and they mm-hmm. still don't know what offsides is, but I just, I wish that they had that because you know if they if that goal gets reversed, I honestly think the Penguins win Game One. Um, yep, they, they were just they were already up three one going into the third period, and then of course that's when the meltdown started. But we forget that the Penguins scored ten goals on the Flyers in one game. That was <laughs> <laughs> Game Four. Yeah, Game Four. <laughs> yeah, that was that was hysterical. And then the the Bruins series. I talked about that last mm-hmm. week. Um, just talking about losing their way and just. What, what a big what if that, you know, just I, one of the biggest things I wish was that we could have seen a Penguins-Blackhawks final with mm-hmm. Kane and Taves and Sid and Gino at the height of their powers and just like in their peak, peak, peak years because that would have been just so much fun. I'm not sure if that was on your list though. Yeah, it was. And I think like I'm trying to remember what game it was. I think it was game one, maybe game two. Mm-hmm. and it was like a tie game and Pittsburgh was pressing and I think it was like near the end of the second period or something and I think I'm pretty sure it was a tie game and like they hit the post and it was just kind of like and then like they in the third period they kind of fell apart and it kind of like you just kind of wonder like if that shot went in like does that change like game one and does it change the whole series if they take the first game or something like that like it's just like small things like that. Cause like they were all over Boston at the start too. And like, I can't remember what game I know it was in game one or two, but yeah, it's like, there was a moment like, in game one where they did hit a post when it, the game was close, but then of course mm-hmm. they lost their shit. Yeah. Um, when, you know, Chara and Crosby were going at it. And then I think Malkin fought Bergeron in that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah. games three and four were a lot closer because, uh, Though they, of course, Vokun was was starting, and then mm-hmm. the overtime game in Game Three, or I mm-hmm. had to sneak downstairs to watch. That was a blast. And then, oh, I think the Game Three, the biggest what if, honestly, from that game was Yager's penalty that they let go on Malkin, mm-hmm. and I think they turned around and scored like forty seconds later on the same shift. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and that was, I think, a big one for me because you know, what if they call that penalty? You know, did the Penguins win that game on the power play, and then. Um, game four was just really, really close as well. I think game three, that was one of their only two goals that they scored um, in the series. I believe it was from, from uh, Chris Kunitz, too. Kunitz, yeah. Yeah, they got one yeah. from uh, old friend, uh, old friend, uh, former Canuck, Brandon Sutter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love Brandon Sutter. Love me some Brandon Sutter. Yeah, especially on a five-year term. That's uh, that's uh, that's Jim Benning for you, everyone. But um, anyways, I'm, I'm getting off track again, but yeah, that's just that year was just so. Ugh, that, that's just when I think about it. I just think, ugh. Yeah, 
like you look back and it seemed like they could have had like two years where they might have ran like ran into the Hawks mm-hmm. like the like even like the 2010 year like I know how much like I disdained Yaroslav Halak but I think we also have to like in like in that instance we also kind of have to keep like we have to remember that like he did that to Washington first <laughs> oh oh yeah <laughs> so it's yeah. like like as much as like we can hate Halak I think like Washington has a better claim to hating them because like they were President's Trophy winners. They were up like three one, and then one game. I think like I think it was game six maybe in that series, and he put up like a fifty save shutout. Like Pittsburgh had like, and I think it was more like yeah, like Halak like played on it out of his mind, but like Flurry was not good in that two thousand ten series. Like I think like Washington probably should have. <laughs> oh, I, beat Montreal. I, I love that uh, Caps fans still have PTSD over that. It actually makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just a little bit. But um, yeah. To uh, any any uh, more fi- final ones, Sheldon? I'm sure you have at least one or two more. Um, the 2014 and 15 seasons for me, like when they lost to the Rangers, like mm. I kind of didn't like like that. Like later stages of like the Bilesma going into the Johnston era, like they just like. They were just an unimpressive team and like like you watched them and like you just kinda of like felt bad for like Crosby Malkin, like Kunitz, like and Latang just kinda of like trying to like carry around like a bunch of like Zach Sills to <laughs> to the to the playoffs. Yep. <laughs> and then trying to like do anything and like bunch of dead corpses. Y- yeah, like I like maybe the year that like like was it 2014? Like when St. Louis' mom died? <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, that was yeah, that was that was 2013-14. Yeah, I remember at the mm-hmm. time, you know, some um, some interesting characters on the Twitter machine had some thoughts about that. We are we are not we are not putting that on this podcast. That that was just that. If you want to look up those tweets, and if you are listening to this podcast, I'm sure you know who made these tweets. You can go find his Twitter. I'm not linking it here. Um, he is he is. Just an f- interesting person in general, but yeah, like the, the biggest thing for me that year is like you know I talked about this last week. What if they win that game seven? They play Montreal mm-hmm. in the conference final. They probably win that, and then the next season they probably have Bilesma and Shiro going on. They, they, yeah, there's probably no Rutherford and Sullivan today, honestly. Yeah, because the like the the Bilesma and Shiro era kind of like they overstayed their welcome and i think like if they would have yeah like that's a good point if they would have win another series slash like get to the final you know they're just gonna kind of keep with status quo as opposed to like shaking things up absolutely like yeah it was like the you know i think that they always like you know to lose to the rangers two years in a row was was tough to watch but i mean like it's you know that's playoff hockey too i mean they trucked them in the 2016 so i mean it's it's whatever, but yeah. yeah and like, yeah. I just like the, the 20, like the, the Johnson era, like I just couldn't stand watching them. Like it was just like, and, and to get like, he came in with like such like pro, like everybody was like, Oh yeah, there's this like young prodigy coach coming yeah. from the WHL. And you're thinking you're going to get this like revolutionary coach. <laughs> yeah. And the guy just turned into like boiled potatoes and like couldn't do anything. And like, mm-hmm. They just seem so like dysfunctional, and he just like That's there's just like so many memes of the guy's face. Like, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it Mike like, Darnay that made the uh, post from Pennsburg about how he was tasering people at practice? Tasering people, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! It's that, like uh, yeah, it's like good times and 
times Twitter history. <laughs> That's one of the funniest moments. I remember like reading that article when I saw it. I was like, wait, what? And then I started reading it. And then I'm like, oh my God, people are going to take this so out of proportion. And then sure enough, they did. Uh, that yeah. team was just so bad. And that was the year that Shane Doan had his dirty hit on Chris Letang. And Letang, yeah. Knocked him out of the playoffs, which was really unfortunate. So we had to watch Taylor Torney eat up top pairing minutes. I mean, at least we got Brian Doolin out of that. That was the first time I think he was called up. Uh, mm-hmm. the first time, so. Wasn't that also, was that also the year when they had to like beat Buffalo in the last game yep. of the year and they had to play it with five defense? <laughs> yes. Yeah. They, they botched that bad. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then like you're watching that game and like you just like you can just like i think crosby had a couple points in that game and you could just tell that there's like he's just like i'm doing everything i can and, like, <laughs> like he can't do anything more like they're playing with an undermanned lo- roster like yeah. there was, there like was good, game too. good thing they're playing the sabers like if they were playing any team that could like at least skate they don't they probably don't make the playoffs that and, was like, one of the worst because, teams i've ever seen in the sabers they were so bad yeah and that was um, and that was wasn't that the year they tanked too? Yes, like I, wasn't that that was the tank for Eichel year, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I think they got Eichel in that draft, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they yeah. they wanted McDavid so bad, but you know, they ended up, of course, not getting him. Uh, Sheldon, before we wrap up, do you have any more, or, or did you? Is that all the the ones you had? Um, no, I didn't really have any more. I think like the 2018 series against. The Capitals, I think, like, you know, Matt Murray kind of wasn't at his best, but I, mm. you know, I think that in 2016 and 17, he was okay. And I mean, like, I don't think you were going to beat Washington three times in a row. It was, like, yeah, that was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just, it was, t- like, mm. it was, like, you wanted to beat them because, I mean, like, there's nothing better than watching Penguins beat the Capitals. But at the same time, like, you're just not going to beat that good of a team three years in a row. Yeah. Like, I think in 2017 they were pretty lucky to get by them, like Thank the God, Mark Andre you know I <laughs> yeah like I think if you if you've got like a what if like what if Flurry's shaft doesn't hit Ovechkin's shot mm-hmm. like if Ovechkin scores there with, like that's late in the second period like you go into the second intermission with like a Rock and Verizon center like and then like the start of the third period and you've got to face like you know Ovechkin shot out of a cannon I'm not sure if. If they win that game, thank, I thank God every day for that save. And then yeah. his reaction afterwards was just yeah, um, everything, everything. Oh, I've yeah, I've got another good one. Yep, go ahead. The okay, so the 2016 playoffs, they're in Washington. It's game two, and it's tie game. Or, and they were down in the they lost the first game, mm-hmm. and the Eric Faragol. Uh, I yeah. think I'm not sure if they beat. I don't. I don't even know if they beat Washington that year. If they because that was your Washington won the President's Trophy. I didn't like. I was watching that game and like because they like they dominated Game One and they should they deserve to win. Oh, absolutely. And then and then they're playing really well in Game Two and it's tied. Holtby's playing really well and then just like Eric Fair throws a stick into the slot after like Malkin just like blindly puts the puck into the slot mm-hmm. and it goes in. Yep. Like I don't know if they beat Washington that year if Fair doesn't score that goal. That was- that's one of the top five biggest goals of that uh, playoff year. Right? We're mm-hmm. there with Hornquist, Latang, obviously, with his Stanley Cup clinching one, the game seven against Tampa. It's it's easily in the top five. I don't yeah. think it gets enough credit for just how clutch it was. Because I think, like you said, I think that game would have went to overtime if he didn't score there. And you know, overtime's a yep. crapshoot. You know, whoever it's almost like whoever gets lucky enough to, you know, exactly first, first one to score. So you know, sometimes it's a lucky goal too. But um, 
Sheldon, uh, thank you so much for coming on this episode and doing this. Um, it was very much appreciated. Um, unless you have like one or two more, um, that was this was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, I'm good, man. It was nice to meet you, and uh, I didn't have any others. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll be back. I think tomorrow I'll probably try to do something before my commencement thing that happens at six thirty. So that's going to be a lot of fun, and then we'll be back next week. Uh, I'm not really sure what the topic will be yet, but. Thank you guys so much for listening. And um, oh yeah, Sheldon, shout out your Twitter so where people can follow you. Uh, I am Sheldon M Smith. There That's we, my Twitter. There we go. He is also he also loves the Flames, and you can look yeah. for a lot of good takes from Sheldon on his Twitter, especially when it comes to bashing the Canucks as well. So yeah, and Mike Smith. Yeah, yeah. But Mike Smith. Yes, <laughs> that's the big. I always forget about that. But yes, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.